0: when you're out finding adventure together. And the new Santa Fe is designed to help you get more out of that quality time. The Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV with intuitive technology. The newly designed Santa Fe offers H-Track all-wheel drive capability, intuitive tech, and safety features to get you where you're going with confidence and the personalized style to do it your own way. An SUV with family fun in mind that proves that out together is truly better. It's got H-track all-wheel drive, dynamic safety features, dual blind spot view monitor, and user profiles with a 10.25-inch full-touch infotainment screen. To learn more, go to Hyundai.com. He's defeated the most formidable supervillains known to man. Now the world's most famous superhero faces the ultimate challenge, parenthood. Tuesday on The CW from the creators of The Flash comes the highly anticipated new series Superman and Lois. As if raising teenagers isn't tricky enough, Clark and Lois worry about whether their sons will be able to handle the truth about Clark's identity, and whether they, too, will inherit his Kryptonian superpowers. The Kent family's most amazing adventures is about to begin. Catch the two-hour series premiere event, Superman and Lois, Tuesday on The CW, or stream free next day on the CW app. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host,
1: Angelica, and joining me today is a very special guest. We got some testosterone in the building. Say, <laughs> say hi to Mike Pleasant. Hey, Mike.
2: Hey, what's going on, Angelica?
1: Uh, so today, sorry about that. So today, we're going to have a special Valentine's Day episode. The last time we did this, it was myself, Ryan, and Shalia, so I thought we add some I got some man <laughs> to the podcast, some <laughs> testosterone. So we got Mike. Mike, tell us about yourself.
2: So my name is Michael Pleasants. I'm originally from the East Coast, grew up between New York and New Jersey, but I live kind of everywhere. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm currently in San Diego, and I'm a wannabe tech entrepreneur. I have a tech company. It's called Quirky, and the goal of Quirky is to help adults find friends based off of things they actually care about. And, yeah, that's a little bit about me. But that's not how me and Angelica met. Me and Angelica met on Clubhouse <laughs> in a room called The Toxic Room. But I'll let her talk about that if she wants to.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, I don't know, Mike. It's it's a little X-rated. No, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah. So, we all met during the whole late November, early December Clubhouse craze. Um, And I just, like, happened upon this room called Let's Be Toxic. And... Mike was one of the moderators. And I will give you guys credit. You guys are probably one of my favorite clubs in Clubhouse. And y'all know how to moderate. Like, Mike is actually the enforcer. He's... <laughs> <laughs> he mutes you as needed. He tells you to keep it short as needed. He kicks people out. I, I really appreciate... He's like a stern dad. So it's it's much appreciated. Um, and yeah, we just talk about all types of late night Probably not arable material. Um,
2: <laughs> so like
1: that. Yeah, just, you know, if you guys are on Clubhouse, you know, join Let's Be toxic. at the Clubhouse. It's really fun. Um, you guys are usually around at like 10 o'clock Eastern time and it's a good time. I, I've definitely been up with you guys from 10 p.m. to 6 in the morning. So it's definitely not boring. Agree.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's definitely a vibe, but it's not for the faint of heart. You know, come with a, a open mind and you know strong opinions. Uh,
1: absolutely, and Mike will kick you out if he thinks you're whack. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. i um, a in
2: 2021.
1: I I don't believe you, but we'll see. So, <laughs> so, so, what are you doing tomorrow for Valentine's Day? What is Mike's day going to look like?
2: So honestly, I abstain from Valentine's Day. I don't like, yeah. This and there's a reason for it though. If I'm not in a relationship, I don't want to celebrate Valentine's Day. I feel like there's so much pressure put on the day. Everything Mm -hmm. is more expensive that day. It's like for a first date on Valentine's Day. Anyone knows me knows I'm cheap. So I'm meeting you on Valentine's Day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the expectation I'm supposed to give you a gift you know it's supposed to be like a grand experience it's supposed to be Instagram worthy and you're going to be very disappointed when i when I bring you to Chili's and we have a $20 <laughs> meal and then we go for a walk afterward so just to avoid that disappointment altogether I abstain wholly from
1: Valentine's Day
2: if you're not my girl we're not doing it
1: oh wow you can't even take them to Cheesecake you go to Chili's
2: no, because it sets a tone. Like, you take them you take them out on Valentine's Day. I feel like people think that. It could be the first date, and they're like, oh, my God, of all the options out there, he chose me for Valentine's Day. He took me out in public on Valentine's Day. He must want to be serious about this. And it's like, uh, I probably don't really want to be serious about this. So rather than lie to you and set an expectation that I'm not going to follow up on, we're just not going to do it.
1: Okay. I mean, that's admirable. Um, So if you are in a relationship, do you celebrate Valentine's Day?
2: Yeah, I actually have a funny story about that, though. So like, I'm very sarcastic. And in my last relationship, I wanted to celebrate Valentine's Day. But I jokingly said to the girl I was with that, yeah, you know, we're not going to celebrate. And like, it's I guess it's usually a hit or a miss, whether people think mm. I'm serious or not. So I went out, I brought like mad flowers, big teddy bear, you know, I did the Mm -hmm. whole thing. I was like, I'm about to go all out. I can't, it was a work day. I came home after work that day. Um, She got off work before me. So I had to like sneak it into the room and everything. And then she goes in the room and she's like, Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. But she comes out and she's like crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? But it wasn't a good cry. It was a bad
1: cry. I'm like, why are you bad
2: crying? And she's like, because I believed you, I didn't think we were doing anything for Valentine's Day, I actually made plans to go hang out with one of my friends tonight
1: <laughs> so and
2: yeah, it was like a it was like an epic fail. We got like a big fight on Valentine's Day because I thought I expected her to like do something when i cause I spent a bunch of money, I spent a bunch of time, and yeah, that was a that was an epic fail, but I would like you know to try again one day,
1: so you're mad at her for believing you yes when you were playing games (laughs)
2: absolutely that is exactly why i was mad at her you need to read between the lines you know what i'm saying social navigation is what i call it social navigation she failed that navigation she ran into a wall she had no helmet on and you know it happened
1: oh wow i feel like dating you would be an experience and an exercise in patience so um god bless to whoever's next in line to it date takes Mike. takes
2: growth. This is an opportunity, but you know, it <laughs> takes growth.
1: So what is your preference when it comes to the single life versus being in a relationship? Like where do you fit in best?
2: Honestly, I'm very lazy. So I prefer being in a relationship. Mostly, Why?
1: Just Why is guys- a relationship less work than being single? Well, I guess you're a guy. So explain
0: it. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Nearly every business in the world relies on computing professionals to manage daily operations. And Oregon State University's in demand online computer science programs will help you find your calling in the global job market. Oregon State eCampus is an innovative provider of online education, renowned for its expertise in delivering computer science programs to students around the world. You can choose from three dynamic offerings, a 60 credit post-baccalaureate program if you're already a college grad, the shortest path to a computer science career, a bachelor of science program, or a cybersecurity certificate if you're seeking a credential to add to your resume. Putting you in a position to accept competitive job offers is a vital part of Oregon State's online computer science program, And your online support system will consist of a dedicated student success coach, personal mentor, expert faculty, and industry experience and a global student network. See for yourself why Oregon State eCampus is consistently ranked in the nation's top 10 by U.S. News and World Report. Accelerate your career today. Visit ecampus.oregonstate.edu forward slash nerds. To learn more, that's ecampus.oregonstate.edu slash nerds.
2: No, so from a, from my perspective, being in a relationship is easier only because I only have to deal with one person's nonsense. You know, everybody has their baggage and you know, all the rest of these things. But in a relationship, I get the time to figure out that one person. So it's like, you know, the first couple months are going to be more difficult because you don't know much. But once you get Mm -hmm. that cheat code popping, you can kind of like navigate a lot quicker through circumstances. It's like saying if you know that you're if you know, your partner is a like, let's just use a stupid thing. You know, your partner is always going to take the blanket at night. Right. Mm -hmm. You you can buy another blanket to substitute that after a while of just navigating that. But Mm -hmm. if you're always dealing with new people, you got to figure out that. You got to figure out these new people's different quirks and stuff over and over and over again. So like it it can be draining for me.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Um for me, <clears throat> I don't know. So as far as Valentine's Day is concerned, I like the concept and the idea of Valentine's Day. And I have a seven year old, so she's usually my Valentine. But I can't, I can probably count on my hands, or actually like three fingers, how many times I've actually celebrated Valentine's Day. I think I went on a date dinner in a movie like traditional and he brought me flowers and a teddy bear and sprayed f- like what was it unforgettable by Sean John on on the teddy bear and <laughs> so you could hey, tell what year that was I'm about to
2: say you just you just dated this but
1: okay <laughs> um so that's the last thing I could think of and um you and I've talked about this before I kind of have a preference for long distance so nine times out of ten I'm not with the person I'm with on Valentine's Day because we're home so i usually end up just doing like a facetime and then they'll just order me food uh so that's what i'm basically doing this year
2: so wait i have a question about that then so if Mm -hmm. even if so as a person who dates in long distance i know you said that you like to schedule regular meetups with that person who you're dating why wouldn't Mm -hmm. valentine's day be one of those you know scheduled occasions
1: I don't know. It just never works out. Or it's usually because I have my daughter that weekend. Like if it was, if it turned out that I didn't have my daughter that weekend and she's with her dad, then of course I would hope that we, you know, he would come out or I would go out there. But it just always works out that I have my daughter. (laughs) So it's kind of like, hey, we'll just do a virtual Valentine's Day date and... That's what it is. But, you know, it's not that important to me. Like, for me, you know, pre-pandemic, what made my day was getting edible arrangements at the office or getting flowers at the office. And everyone, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so lucky. Like, that was more fun than being with the person I care about. Wow. On Valentine's Day. I need to do some reevaluating. Oh,
2: no. I actually like that. I think that that is... That's, that's, yeah, because I think Valentine's Day is one of those real cheesy occasions that somebody a long time ago made up so that mm-hmm. we had a reason to spend money. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it comes down to. We spend a lot of money on nonsense on Valentine's Day. People go broke. Like, people really get in their bag and spend money they don't have to impress people on this day that doesn't mean anything. True. So, I would I feel like if you broke up that effort across the year, you'd probably end up in a better relationship than just going all out on one day but that's how I feel.
1: Yeah I think I mean if it's something small and sweet then it's okay. I mean the origins of Valentine's Day supposedly was there was um, a priest that would marry Roman soldiers in secret with like their loves and I guess he was like a saint or he was what's it called canonized and then from there like this myth became a thing and then there's cupid you know the god of love or i guess he's not the god of love that's aries but whatever um that's where all that came from and then it got commercialized by hallmark so here we are Mm. Uh, (laughs) but i can tell you while i do like presents and flowers and edible arrangements please let it be from the person that i actually am with one year i got Two dozen roses. <laughs> so I was in the office one day um, and I got a call from the guard station like, hey, you have you a have, uh, delivery. I was like, okay. So I go down there and it's two giant vases, like two dozen roses, a teddy bear, and a box of chocolates. And I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Like, and I wasn't with anybody. Like, I had my ex, like my baby dad, and I think maybe like one guy that I was talking to. But I, I wasn't locked in with anything. So I said, oh, this is great. So I like brought it all the way up. Like, it had, they had to put it in a big old box for me to carry it. So I brought it all the way back up to the office. Everybody was like looking at me like, ooh, what's that? Someone must really like you. And then when I looked at the card, it said, signed by your secret admirer. So then I was freaking out. I was like, who sent this to me? So then I called my ex. He was like, I didn't send you anything. Who you got sending you stuff? I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't know. So then a couple hours passed. By this point, it's probably about four o'clock in the afternoon. I get another call from the guard station. They said, you have another package. I was like, "Okay, go downstairs. And it's a giant thing of edible arrangements. So of course, I come back up put all my stuff at my desk and they're like, what in the world? I'm like, I don't know. And I basically reached out to everybody that I had some type of romantic connection with and nobody got me anything. They're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm trying to like rack in my head, who has my work address? I get home, I get a call from this guy that I met on Tinder, who I think I blocked. Whoa. And he was like, oh, I just wanted to make your day special. Did you like the gifts? And I'm like, who is this? And I'm just going to call him Jay. He's like, oh, it's Jay. I was like, oh. And he's like, well, I'm hoping that we can go out sometime. And I just, like, thanked him for the gift. And then I blocked him off my phone. So, but I, I kept the the stuff. Um, and I felt a little bad because I, like, added it up in my head. He spent at least $150. But it was it was not a pleasant day <laughs> for me. I, freaked I, me I, out.
2: I wish you could see my face. This is so creepy, like beyond creepy. Oh,
1: and he wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't tell me how he got my work address. So I had to like get it out of him. I remember I was like, you have to tell me like, I don't feel safe. And he was like, well, actually what a, I knew you worked at this bank. I was worked at, like, the corporate center. He's like, so I asked one of my friends who was a manager there to look you up, and he found you, and that's how I got the delivery, uh, delivery to you. And I was like, you know that's, like, breaking all types of protocol, right? And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you who it is. I was like, okay. So I just, you know, made sure I locked the doors and looked behind me when I got in the car for a little while, and so far, so good. He hasn't found me. So
2: that Yay. actually That actually made me kind of think of something. So... How do you feel about having your relationships on social media then? Because I feel like Valentine's Day is one of those corny days where a lot of people feel like this is the day I should make my first move and make my intentions known. Mm -hmm. But we get into that weird situation where, especially if you're not located in the same area as that person, you don't see them on a day to day basis. How would that person know if you were even available or not?
1: Um, I'm a pretty private person. Like every, like if I'm in a relationship, then the people that are important to me or like my friends know, but outside of that, you know, I don't broadcast it. Now, if someone were to ask me, do you have a boyfriend? Then I would say yes. But outside of that, I keep it to myself because one thing I've, I've, I've seen is that when you play out your relationship online, everybody has an opinion. Then, you know, for me as a girl, I feel like if especially the person you're dating is attractive and successful and whatever, then girls are like hitting you up, trying to get into your head and just ruins everything. So basically until I'm married, I'm probably never going to post <laughs> a boyfriend. <laughs> you're probably going to see like maybe like a hand or like I'll be at dinner and like he'll take a picture of me, but you won't see him. Like that's basically how I roll. How about you?
2: So I think that what you said, I've heard from women over and over again. I think it's insane to be honest, but all I say is this, I'm a private person too, but I believe in the one solid post. So okay, if I'm in a relationship, you're going to see one solid post on my, on my page that has like me and some romantic, you know, I'm obviously going to be romantically involved with this person. It's going to just stay there, but I'm not mm. going to post daily, weekly, monthly, anything, but that person is on my page. So if anyone wanted to slide on me and they actually went to the effort of looking at my page, they would see that person there. But I do okay. agree that when people do those, like, weird, like, daily, weekly updates, it just gets messy. It gets real messy because you're inviting public opinion.
1: Yeah, and then there's the whole when you guys break up and you know people break up when they unfollow each other, unfriend each other, delete all their pictures together and start posting memes about, who knows, shading each other and I, I, to the left, to the left. And just you just know when it's over. You're just sitting there like, see, y'all look stupid now. Um, yeah, just
2: gonna, yeah. I got it. I got a text when I broke up with my ex. I got a text from my real estate agent. Like, hey, man, is your relationship over? I realized yeah. that you and you and so-and-so removed all your pictures of each other. And I was like, oh my god,
1: Who does Everybody that? See, I, see like, I don't pay that much attention, but once people do it on like a regular basis, like people that are just kind of like the Brangelina of i live in delaware of delaware and they consistently post and then it it stops you're like "Mm, something's going on they broke up and then it's the worst when they get back together or they fight on social media and say the most horrible things about each other and then they're back together like nothing ever happened and then they just look even more stupid so i just rather not be involved you know i'm gonna take my l's and peace you're not gonna know (laughs) (laughs) that i I gotta (laughs) dump i'm
2: gonna take my l's in peace i mean that makes sense i can't even argue against that
1: yeah yeah move in silence so today is at the time of this recording it is saturday the 13th um by the time this drops it'll be the 15th and basically the 13th and the 15th are national side chick day do you agree with that
2: Yes and no. I do agree because a lot of people are going to make some excuse of why they can't see someone on actual Valentine's Day, and they're mm-hmm. going to see their actual Valentine on
1: the that Valentine's is.
2: Day, and they're mm-hmm. going to schedule other people around those days. So, yeah, I, c- I could definitely see it. They're going to make some excuse. They might have work, blah, 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 but especially with Valentine's Day being on
1: Sunday. Eh. There's no excuse. <laughs> if you're dating yeah. someone and they don't see you tomorrow... Unless you're in, like, my situation where you're across the country, there's no excuse. If he says, let's go out Saturday, or if he says, let's go out Monday, President's Day, you are a liar. You are you have someone on the side. You got a sneaky link. I don't believe you. Leave now, sis. Or bro. Whatever works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm saying, if you've at least been on one date with this person, and they're not seeing you tomorrow, then know that you're not the number one on their roster. <laughs> like, just know this. They have a better option that they're considering. They get considering that person on Sunday.
1: Just know you ain't it. You ain't uh, it. <laughs> so, like one of the hallmarks I feel of Valentine's Day or just this time of year because it's so cold, at least where I live. Don't please don't tell me about how great San Diego and the yeah, weather. Yeah, about to is. say
2: it's a short sleeve shirt kind of day for me, but I feel your struggles.
1: Wonderful. I basically drove home today in ice rain. So great. Um, (laughs) so one of the hallmarks of that is movies and one movie that recently was released that I was going to queue up for Valentine's day. And I'm glad I didn't because it was basically a horror film, um, was Malcolm and Marie.
2: Not a horror film. It
1: was a horror film. So what was, what was, what did you take away from that after watching that train wreck? Which I, I, I did I enjoyed the film, but like it, it kind of, what's the word for it? I related way too much to it.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'll, first I'm going to say, from a cinematic perspective, the movie was phenomenal to me. I love mm-hmm. the way it was shot. I love black and white for black actors. I didn't think I was going to like it, but like it played off really well on like their complexion and everything. Yeah, but I agree with that. I was low key sick by the end of it because <laughs> I was I related to Malcolm in such an extent that I was like, is this what it looks like when I'm doing this? Is not really this. <laughs> am I really this bad? Because I'm definitely, if I had to choose one of them, I'm definitely Malcolm. And mm. the things, the things that he said, I was like, I've done this. When someone pushed me to that, pushed me to that point, I've definitely dug in my bag and listed all the reasons why they suck and things like that. And I was like, wow, this is really bad. So, so- <laughs>
1: please don't tell me your girl was in the tub and you told her about Kiki at the Marriott. Like, please don't tell me you've done that. Well,
2: no, I think the whole talking about like past sex relationships is kind of crazy, but it was okay. more like, I was at a one point, I was just like, I had a lot going on and mm-hmm. my ex just really, to my perspective, didn't. And I, she would like piss me off to the point where I was just like, you know, you wouldn't have anything without me. That's just straight up truth. Like your whole existence mm. is possible because you're with me right now. And mm. it just like, it went down a loop. Cause it was, you know, like everybody knows who hears me, hears me say over and over again, I believe in 50, 50 relationships. Like my, yes. my past relationships are a piece of that because I've typically been the person who's like made more money. So I pay, mm-hmm. I paid the rent, I pay all the big bills and it's created like an uneven dynamic in the relationship. And I felt that in their relationship as well, because Malcolm is the provider, and I don't even think Marie works in that in their situation. Mm -hmm. So he probably, yeah, right. Because she's a what was she like a retired model? I mean, twenty four retired model. So,
1: Um, I think modeling and acting didn't work out for her, and then because of her recovery from addiction, that made it harder. So she was basically his living girlfriend, but she seemed to be very instrumental in supporting him and I don't think he would be successful without her. So I do think it was kind of um a codependent relationship. Now, as far as what I took away from it, I have been in those knockdown drag out 12-hour fights that never end. And even like I just felt it like I, I felt it when um when they would be good for a second and then they would, you know, you know, he went to the bathroom or something like that And then you start to think again Then you got mad all over again And you would start fighting again Like, I've been there And I never want to go back there again That is so exhausting Um As far as who I related to I mean, I can't say I'm a Marie Because I I don't like to be degraded or debased I don't need to find reasons why I'm not valued or loved I do think I think I'm a high-value woman Um uh.
2: <laughs> that term we gotta talk about that we're gonna we're gonna talk about what is considered a quote unquote high value woman okay
1: (laughs) yeah we're gonna talk about that (laughs) but i'm just saying like i but i've been especially in my younger days when i was like 21 22 i have been in a relationship with a domineering person even though i personally wasn't a meek person and i brought myself down to let them shine and so i can relate to that um And I am also felt Marie when she said, like, I promise you, I promise you this is not going to be productive. Let's just go to bed. Because I'm one of those people where I don't need to sort it out with you. If we're mad at each other tonight, then we're mad at each other. We can sleep on it and talk about it in the morning. No sense in arguing back and forth. I mean, I had such a destructive fight with my ex because we couldn't just leave it alone that we ended up breaking both each other's phones, um, two flat screen TVs tore up the kitchen, and I think it must have been like $5,000 worth of damage because we weren't giving each other space and we were trapped in this apartment, arguing. Well, so
2: as a Malcolm, <laughs> as a Malcolm, mm-hmm. I cannot move forward when something's on my mind. That's how I am in everything in life. Ah. So he was probably sitting there just like, what is she thinking? What is she talking about? What is she thinking? What is she talking about? If that was my real life, I wouldn't even be able to sleep. I would just be sitting there thinking and thinking. So- I'm going to need to hash this out, even though everything that happened. I mean, because to it, so I will say this for all the fellas listening to this the whole argument could have been avoided by him saying yeah. 15 seconds of praise. That's it. All he had to do was give her flowers, 15 seconds in his little speech, and there would have been no argument. So yeah. I do think I want to put on record that I think he took, he took her for granted. Yes. But she dragged that argument to death. To <laughs> death. Every time it ended, there was something else that she wanted to give off her chest.
1: (laughs) She was like, and another thing, now that I'm thinking about it, I just think it's funny how like, yeah, we, (laughs) it could have ended a while ago, but I feel you. Like I'm the type of person where I do try to give, let's say I'm with the person that can't just go to bed and they do need to talk about it. I try to just center myself Get the points out, and if it starts going in circles, I'm like, this is not going to be resolved. I'm not mad at you. I love you. Can we please talk about it tomorrow? Tomorrow and eat some mac and cheese. Can we talk? First of all, can we talk about that? Um, Oh,
2: not the Kraft mac and cheese. The
1: Kraft mm, mac and cheese. This is a black film for the most part.
2: mm, I think they. So obviously, (laughs) whoever was a part of that aspect of the script, they didn't say anything. And I mean, I'm gonna be honest about this. Mr. Washington and Zendaya are obviously coming from a place of privilege because mm-hmm. they should have stepped in and said that we don't do this here. No. But I guess, you know, when you live, when you're coming from, when you're millionaires and all that fancy lifestyle, maybe they're not at yeah. the cookout. Maybe they don't yeah. deserve that homemade plate. So craft Mac is <laughs> used for them.
1: Uh, I mean, I was like, I try to rationalize. because I'm like, no black person is going to make that type of mac and cheese unless you're making it for a five-year-old. Like, there's there's no way. But then I try to rationalize. It's one in the morning. You know what wow. I'm saying? She wanted to make something quick. So she pulled out the Kraft mac and cheese. But it shouldn't be in two adults' households. You should be having baked mac and cheese. Or she could have, I mean, I would have settled for a, a bagel bite, something. Like, that mac and cheese wasn't it. But he was tearing it up.
2: Why couldn't they just take out some baked mac and cheese from the fridge, like leftovers? Why couldn't she just, like, she could have made him a hot dog and it would have felt more (laughs) authentic. Yeah, I was like, Kraft mac and cheese? This man is eating powdered cheese right now? After After his film premiere, I was disgusted for him. I felt bad.
1: I did. I was too. I was watching this like, this ain't it. Um, so we'll get into high value in a second, but I did want to, while we're still on the topic of of movies, I wanted to talk about, like, I hate saying this, but there's only a subset of Black love films that I can watch, and then there's the rom-coms that I eat up. So what is your, you love rom-coms, right? So what's your favorite rom-com?
2: Honestly, I can't even think of it off the top of my head.
1: I well, think name I one.
2: I'm I'm trying to think of the one. But I can't remember the name. It's like I think it's called like In Time or something like that. And then there's another one that's called like Time Traveler's Wife. None of these movies have black. <gasps> movies, but,
1: oh my um, gosh, Mike! You're, right. you're so sensitive. You love no, the Time here's, Traveler's Wife. Yes,
2: but here's and here's just why I like rom coms. I, I recently had a fight with one of my exes, and I came to the conclusion: this is why I like rom coms. Mm-hmm. I like rom coms because in rom coms, the protagonist is usually a man. Um, the protagonist, if he tries hard enough, he usually perseveres and wins. There's a like a rom com usually starts off with, you know, two people meet, life is great. Something bad happens in the middle, but mm-hmm. you know, somehow they make it work in the end. And the only rom com that I can kind of think of that doesn't really do that is La La Land, which is why that was a traumatic experience for me. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen La La Land.
1: But, no, I haven't. I watched Moonlight instead, um, <laughs> which was I've a traumatic movie. experience in I- itself. I've seen
2: Moonlight, yeah. I, I get that. But yeah, protagonists who see Perseverance, so I love romcoms.
1: coms Okay. Um, so for me, so Netflix has a really good trilogy going now. They dropped the last movie last night. It's called To All the Boys I Loved Before. So I will literally watch like I already know from watching the the, the last one that I'm going to watch it 50 times. So I'll literally watch that over and over. And it's basically a nutshell about a girl that wrote love letters whenever she was in love or had a really big crush and she will tuck it away. And then at some point, the letter somehow got mailed to the five guys she wrote the letters to. And then, then like hijinks ensues and she pretends to have a relationship with one of the guys and I don't know it's just a good rom com, like it's classic. I've
2: seen it. I just googled it. I was like, this sounds familiar. I've seen though. I've seen it. Okay.
1: Okay, love it. And then so that's like a modern rom com that I watch. But I will. I don't care how many times it's on. It's like my Shawshank. Um, I always watch. You've got mail. That's my shit.
2: I don't know if I've seen that
1: one. You've never seen You've Got Mail?
2: Oh, wait it says it's this. It says 1998. Is there
1: a newer one? No, (laughs) you've got mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Literally, Meg Ryan was like the queen of rom-coms. How old are you? I'm
2: 27. So like I've seen movies from this era. It's just.
1: Era. You make me feel so old.
2: No, it's because honestly, I don't, I feel like when I don't like watching movies that are older than a certain point because there's no black people at all. And it t- it's, it's, like a, it's annoying to me to watch a two-hour thing where the, where the world pretends I don't exist. So
1: the, Fair, yeah. fair, fair. Well, let's bring it back. Let's talk about Black Love. So there's only a few that I can really watch. Tyler Perry is completely out. I refuse. Um, even though I do have a soft spot for uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Um, love and Basketball is a classic, but then like when you actually watch it back... It's so toxic. Like, it's so toxic. And like Quincy just ain't shit. Like... I know he
2: he dragged these two women through hell like for nothing it was like bro if you don't know what you want just be single like it's okay be single yeah
1: yeah Quincy was not it even though like at the time when I'm like 12 or 13 watching it I'm like I just want a cue in my life no no girl run um let's see brown sugar was good how do you feel about that
2: I like brown sugar, but it's not like there's a lot of these movies are not things that I would like rewatch. I don't right. know if you consider Think Like a Man a rom com.
1: Um, know. yeah, it's, well. I actually Think Like a Man is good. I've seen it. I've seen it a few times. I mean, it's, it's funny. So yeah. yeah, it's
2: not like it's not real rom comy because it's a comedy, but I like that one. There's not a lot of black rom coms I'm fond of, to be honest.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like I, I kind of do lean more towards commercial films, but as you said. Usually they're not really diverse. Um, I'm trying to think of one.
2: But that's where <sighs> Netflix does really well though, because even yes. though Netflix, the main characters are typically not gonna be black, they have been really good at, with their new movies of just having representation. Even from like LGBTQ plus like or just like minority representation, we're usually in the movie even if we're not the lead actors or actresses. So that's why I yeah, think yeah. stomach them.
1: Yeah, it's uh. Now that I was thinking about it, so like to all the boys I love before the the main lead. I mean, not black, but she's Korean, and then her boyfriend is white, but then like her best guy friend is black, and and one of the girls is prom queen is black. I don't know. They just they had like a pretty like diverse cast, so I appreciated that. And Um, and
2: the second one, her love interest is a
1: black guy.
2: Yeah, and I was like, yeah, okay, guy.
1: <laughs> and they changed it because in the first film at the end like the the post credits it was a white guy but then I guess for diversity's sake they brought in Jordan Fisher. Um yeah, so they they definitely Netflix is good at bringing that forward. And then they have like whole sections dedicated to like whatever is your fancy when it comes to love. Um mm-hmm. if you want to watch love and basketball, brown sugar, ha- you know, have that if I'm really been into period pieces lately. Bridgerton, I don't know. Have you seen it? I feel like oh you haven't.
2: God. I have. But. So, like, so I watch a lot of things in the low. Like, I, me and my friends whisper <laughs> about these things. I like, like, Bridgerton was lit to me. It yes. Like, I can feel like a Grey's Anatomy level of drama if they can, like, keep building this. So, I'm excited. I heard that there's going to be a season two. I'm extremely mm-hmm. excited. But, yep. what's his name is an F boy in all caps. Um, duke of hastings oh my gosh this guy had me he had me cringing by like episode three (laughs) or four
1: he pissed me off because i was like so you're really not gonna have kids with your wife because you made a promise to your dead dad that you won't have any kids or continue the line make that make sense
2: yeah he said i'm gonna be miserable forever because my dad made me miserable so (laughs) yeah okay i was like
1: yeah, you're like, mm, okay. I, I loved it. I mean, I just like, I think it was like around New Year's and I was just, you know, you know what happens when you go through Netflix, you're trying to find something to watch and it just happened mm. to pop up. And I'm like, I just watched the trailer. I was like, I could dig it. So I just watched it and I probably watched all, was it eight or nine episodes or 10 episodes in a weekend. Mm. It was so good. I loved it. Um, I appreciated a vitamin string quartet basically remixing or doing their own covers of top 40 songs so that kind of drew me in And um, it was a really good I mean and the thing is like Daphne and Simon broke up and made up and broke up so much that was also kind of getting on my nerves like just stay together stop being toxic um but I really I really enjoyed it I cannot wait for next season and I also Never. love the fact that they... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Oh, no. I was just going to say, and I really like the twist of when they introduced who... Um, what's the secret author's name?
1: Okay. Spoiler alert. Please do not listen No, I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> if I'm you haven't watched it. it.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say, I liked when they introduced who it was because I, w- I didn't see that coming. Everything that was set up, I didn't see that coming. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that.
1: Okay, well, I kind of sort of guessed it because there was a few coincidences that there was really only one person outside of the other lady that they thought they was, a shopkeeper. There's only like one other person that could have have access to that information. So I made an educated guess, but I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I also overanalyzed stuff. So (laughs) don't feel bad that she didn't catch it. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed that series. Um, and I really am not sure what to watch now on Netflix.
2: <laughs> this happens to me over and over again. They put out some good things, and I'm like, I should probably cancel the subscription while they get some more material.
1: Yeah, like I'm know. not sure i'm I'm sure something else amazing will pop up, and I'll be sucked into that. But I will say they are shooting in March for season two, so hopefully by this time next year, we'll be watching it again so let's move on this past year has been kind of crazy um i will say it i think the pandemic really affected how people move and how they date has it changed how you move at all
2: absolutely yeah i hate this but it's, it's definitely made us all adapt and change in ways i never wanted to but we're here
1: <laughs> i was like so can i get your test results yeah that those and then you know, do you have, are you positive for the Corona? Like now there's two sets of test results that you have to get now uh, <laughs> when dating someone seriously. I heard that people were doing actually much better during the pandemic as far as like getting girls because everybody was home. So you would just like hop on Tinder and just call girls over.
2: So what I was, so I am very selective. So I'm, I'm not going to be most of these guys. I'm describing but what mm-hmm. I was told is that it's made it kind of easier for to like get hookups and stuff because when you're if you're hitting someone up on Tinder or Hinge, Hinge is to me the best one, mm-hmm. and you guys want to hang out. If there's a lockdown going on, you can't go out anywhere. So the only logical move is to invite them over to your apartment or wherever you live. So mm-hmm. you get to skip a whole bunch of steps. So rather than having to take them out and all those things, you're having people come over to your apartment or your place, your residence on day one who probably otherwise never would have. So that's a positive if that's what you're looking for.
1: Okay. Um, I think for me, it has helped me really get to know people on a personal level. Um, And I feel like it's been more intimate simply because all you really can do, like I'm not risking my health for a sneaky link. So you're not about to come over to my house. Um, we're going to communicate, but that's probably what led me to dating my boyfriend now because he was across the country and we like met in a Facebook group and we just started communicating and just one thing led to another. So I felt like I got to know him and he couldn't come see me. Like, I think I got more comfortable towards the end. Once they start talking about, um, no, I can't even think now, uh,
2: what, like the vaccine? And,
1: the vaccine, um, I'm sorry. i must draw drawing a blank. Started talking about the vaccine and getting that out there. And I was like, I can't just not live my life. Like, it's been a year at this point. Like, I got right. sent home in, like, late February. So I had been working from home, not really seeing people, staying in my house. I think from February to August, I did not leave my house. Like, I, my groceries got delivered. I door dashed, And I only went to my parents. So I was pretty isolated. So that was a good time for me to start dating again and just getting to know people. So that's what I did. Um, that's the positive thing about the pandemic. And then now I'm just like, okay, if I'm traveling, I'm just going to have to do it safely and I'll keep it domestic. So I will, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. (laughs) I, I think
2: the pandemic has been like fantastic in some ways. Like sorry to anyone who has any losses. People typically hate when I say this, but for me, it's been fantastic because the pandemic has given me more time than ever to just sit still and, and reevaluate and just evaluate things I never had time to evaluate and relationships and yeah. stuff well are one of those but 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 I have a belief that you can't really that you don't truly know someone until you sit to, until you are with them in person so with the pandemic the issue that that creates for me is that I've in my in my past I've definitely like fallen in love with the idea of people Mm -hmm. And I try and avoid that as much as possible by meeting someone as quickly as possible, just to make sure that before I catch feelings, that I'm actually catching feelings for the person that exists and not their representative per se. And I think that the pandemic for some people, I know some people who've been talking to people digitally for Mm -hmm. like eight months, never met them and they meet them. And they figure out that the eight months has been a waste of time because they know Ooh. that this is just, yeah, like, I actually know someone this happened to. They were telling me this is going to be my girl and all the rest of these things. And then they met the person and very quickly found out that this wasn't going to happen. So,
1: See, that's weird to me because I, I really have yet to meet people like I would meet them on an app or meet them online or, you know, I've been a lot of Facebook groups. That's how I have a lot of my good friends now. And very rarely, if ever, has the energy changed from being on an app to being in person. Like I can't even imagine like faking or portraying this inauthenticity. And then when you meet in person, it falls apart. That tells me you just weren't being yourself. And for me, that's exhausting, not being myself. So it's kind of hard for me to grasp that concept that you talk to someone for eight months and you meet and it's just not the same. I think it's a
2: generational thing though, because it's almost like the younger you get, the more curated uh-huh. social media and all of these things become for people. So okay. I think that the younger generations are so used to portraying this false identity online that it even trickles into dating. So because hmm. it's, like it's like everyone knows someone who's like quote unquote a lame in real life, but their social right. media is popping. You know, like they look like they're the man of the city on social media, but everyone who's in the city knows that this person is nobody. And I think that the younger generation has gotten so used to carrying that exhaustive load that it even trickles over into dating. Like I've definitely met people online who like portrayed a very, uh, charismatic and high energy personality only to meet up with them. And they're just not, it was just how they want. It's like, uh, it's almost like saying that someone gave you a template to, if your profile looks like this, you're more likely to get likes. People tend to follow that template even if they don't fall into that category, just because they want to maximize the amount of attention they get. And I don't know. That's why. That's why I think online dating is a hit or a miss. But yeah. sounds like you've had a lot of success though. So shout out to you. Maybe I
1: do. You <laughs> I usually vibe with people pretty well and I can feel them out. That's why I've always preferred apps because I can screen people. I don't have to have that awkward first date where I really don't know them that well and I'm sitting at dinner stuck with them versus me talking to them for a couple weeks online and then meeting somewhere public and then the vibe works out. Like I very rarely have ever had a bad meetup with somebody. It just, I don't know why. I don't know if it's me or if. To the other person, or I'm just lucky, but I just have yet to really have that experience. Um, and I, I maybe something to do with the fact that I'm pretty, I'm myself. So maybe that energy energy translates to the other person, or they feel comfortable enough to be themselves. And so when I do meet them, it's not the representative; it's them. Not sure, but that's just my idea behind it. Um, <laughs> so let's get into this high value. Situation that Kevin Samuels uh, has popularized. My man.
2: My man. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk
1: about him. How do you feel? First of all, how do you feel about Kevin Samuels?
2: So I'm not going to pretend I'm some like avid subscriber or anything, but I've definitely gone through a binge of his videos. And mm-hmm. generally speaking, I like him. I think he's definitely, um, he could word some of his things more appropriately because yeah. I think it's worded for shock value for like, you know, mm-hmm. clickbait type of things. Yeah. But Overall, I agree with the message.
1: Yeah, delivery is all the way off. I feel, yes. but he does make sense and he's very realistic. My first experience with him, and I, I don't follow him like that either, but he's definitely circulating online. Was mm-hmm. the video that he told that girl that she's like a five or something? No, it's it like, like at a best. It
2: was like a four. Oh, but you know.
1: excuse me, and. He just told her that she, good luck finding a man that makes over six figures. You know, you have a kid just because of your business. That don't mean anything. And he just tore her to pieces. I'm like, geez, is this really true? I don't know. I think it's
2: true though, because so, and here's the thing I go through each time I had, because I get, I've had this debate several times. So in a nutshell, I know you
1: have. I've been, only, I've,
2: I've listened to some of this, but go ahead. Only, only 10% of black people in America make a hundred thousand dollars. So boom, mm-hmm. if you want, if you want a six figure earner, you're already talking about the top 10%. All right. right. Um, if you want a man who was over six feet, you're already, now you're talking about an above height man. So let's just knock out half of the men already. Now you're talking Sorry. about like 5% of the population. And then now you're talking about like what you consider attractive. Oh no, no. Good looking. Right. An attractive Mm -hmm. person. So now we're really talking about like the top two to 3% of all black people. And like, then then you got to take a look at yourself and say, do I, am I really deserving of the top two to 3% of all people?
1: Yes. Um (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I also think it's like for me personally, like my day job is in finance. I'm a financial analyst. So mm-hmm. that circle of men I encounter on a regular basis. I'm also just from being part of Black Girl Nerds, I have access to celebrities. And so for me, moving in those circles isn't that hard. And being a conventionally attractive woman, because I'm, I'm the classic light skinned, curly haired, mixed looking chick. So most men go for you that. Should. Yeah, so it just so happens just how I look. So it hasn't been hard for me to acquire that. but I can see how when you break it down statistically. So what sets someone like myself apart from other people? I think, quote unquote, I'm a high value woman because my profession, my you know, my profession, I make decent money. I have my own, I, you know, I have a house, I have a car. Mm-hmm. I take care of my daughter. I only have one kid by one man, and all this stuff is shallow. But just breaking it down per him, um, mm-hmm. that I guess would make me a quote unquote high value woman. But I really think having a man of that quote unquote stature, it's just a matter of being at the right place at the right time and being intelligent enough to, to have a conversation with him, meet him on his level. Like they don't care about how good you look if you can't talk to them, you know? So I think that has a lot to do with it, but that's just my opinion.
2: Well, I think you, you mentioned one important thing that he threw in her face over and over again is hmm. do you have access to any of these men? And her oh. answer was No. Like if you own, if the guy you're dealing with on a regular basis makes fifty grand, then you're just shooting that you're just like shooting for the stars because realistically, like like let's use you. I'm just gonna make up a situation, right? Let's okay. pretend that on average the person you deal with is a six figure earner. The men, right? That means mm-hmm. that you could talk to ten different men, and one of them is probably gonna be like, "I like her enough to like try and pursue dating." Yeah. because so, you're only, only we're talking about low odds, ten percent. But for someone who doesn't have regular access. They would have to be lucky enough to meet this one person and for that one person to find them also attractive and everything else. So they almost have to bat 100 percent, which is just Mm. not realistic, which is why I think that he said having access to that population of people is such an important factor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You got to put yourselves in those positions or even like for me, I was always stuck here in Delaware. I mean, outside Mm. of my work. I was always here. I wasn't doing anything. So then I would just go to D.C. and start to go to galas, start to go to brunch. And you start to meet people. Like, D.C. is like chocolate city out here. All the professionals are out there. (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? It's not hard to be at a lounge in D.C. and you look to your left and there's a doctor. Look to your right and there's a lawyer. Look, you know, in front of you, there's an entrepreneur. It's not that hard. You have to position yourself into those circles. Present yourself decently and you'll be fine so that's why i'm not really the biggest fan of kevin samuels because he makes it seem like it's unattainable it's really not that hard if you're a six wear a push-up bra and you'll be fine and that's just yeah, I, I,
2: I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing i'm just saying that i think that everyone needs to take reality into consideration And it's just mm-hmm. like if you don't if she was in her mid-30s and she has not yet figured out how to get access to these people then now she has to play like a really long game, but she has to make it short because mm. now she needs to figure out like everything you said about going to a gallery or to a museum, the places that these kind of people hang out, she has to now integrate herself into that part of society. Then she has to now begin networking. Then she has to now like shoot her, like put herself in proximity enough where people hopefully shoot their shot. So she's playing a long game. And then like he kind of said though, the her situation she was coming with in his in his mind. She was coming with baggage that mm-hmm. he said that a man in equal position just wouldn't want. I think the the worst thing he probably said to her was "shady baby dad." And I was like, mm.
1: "Oh, gosh,
2: yeah, yeah." I didn't, that was a harsh one.
1: I mean, it's very possible to. I mean, as someone that has a kid, I don't think my daughter has really stopped me from dating. I do think um, guys tend to be okay with one. Once you start getting into multiples, some guys aren't really it, in their minds, Your your quote unquote value goes down. I don't agree with that, but I've I, at least that's what I've seen, especially online. So for me, it's like oh, I have one kid by one guy. You know, she we have a schedule we stick to it. There's really no mm-hmm. drama with me and my ex. So f- most guys don't have an issue with me being a single mom because it's drama free and I have a routine. Everything is set in stone. But I think when you get into the other things, which is not uncommon for anybody, like I I hate when it's made into like a black thing, like single parenthood is not limited to black women. It's across all races, all walks of life. Right. So I I don't like when black women are degraded for having a child, like shit happens, you know, (laughs) Like as long as you're not repeating that mistake over and over and over, you should extend that grace out. So I don't like the idea that the more kids you have, the less your value goes down Um, but realistically, I understand why I've had success in the dating world because of the way my life is set up. So,
2: and I think you also check other boxes though, because even in her situation, she said that she had just started making six figures. Mm -hmm. I know women who are nowhere near six figure earners who, who feel like they deserve these men. Like why? Because you're pretty. Like you're like for you, right? Let's do the boxes really quick. You said you're pretty. You all, you're a high income earner you have a child that you have proven to take care of. So that shows like a high level of responsibility. You like, right. you like, you like going to galleries and like experiencing like, you know, like res- the finer, more respectable things in life. So you're checking boxes. But right. if you're just like a pretty person, why does this other individual who has more going on need you if you're just going to be a pretty face in their life? And I think that's where I agree with you, where just being pretty is not going to be enough. Mm-mm. And if you're not as pretty, but you have all these other things going on, I think there's somebody out there for you.
1: Yeah, it works for you. And that, it was actually on Clubhouse that I heard this. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sincere, but he said, like, I don't have an issue finding attractive intelligent women he's like i'm in the club and i have the most beautiful smartest most amazing women around me and i have 10 of them to pick from right then i Mm -hmm. also have the 10 most beautiful dumbest women in the world he's like so i don't have to compromise myself or or figure or make it work with an average woman because i literally have a buffet in front of me every night i'm a club promoter and i was like that makes so much sense exactly
2: (laughs) and that's why i'm saying the numbers matter you need proximity to these people because if your only option is sincere he's like well i got a lot of those options but if your option is sincere and a hundred other people like so
1: let's talk about you because we've been talking about me but say finish your thought but i was gonna say let's talk about mike what is mike (laughs) like because we've been talking about angelica what is mike like
2: uh Honestly, I don't know. Because at one point, I didn't really care. I dated for strictly potential. I was like, I'm doing okay for myself, so I can kind of take anyone into my life, and mm-hmm. they don't need anything, and they, I, they can be okay. But my last two relationships were both kind of like that, where they basically like lived off me. Not even like in a negative way, but like I paid the rent and all major bills mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they were both, like for me, they were both really pretty. So... Mm-hmm i don't know i have like a i have like a moral dilemma going on right now because i cannot (laughs) date someone who i don't find extremely attractive it's just like that is extremely important to me not even because it's shallow it's just i think it's like a negative thing that that's just what i am attracted to and i can't change that
1: yeah Um, you shouldn't you shouldn't compromise if you want a really attractive woman like you shouldn't have to compromise on that so keep i guess keep it push and you're in san diego my dad loves san diego he said it's the most beautiful women are out there so i don't think it should be a problem right
2: uh it's mm. so the thing about san diego without going too much into <laughs> you know the race aspect of what it's like to live in san diego is mostly just that a lot of the people here are very much like beach bumish and mm. as someone who was born in the east coast like i can't relate I live next to a beach. I go to the beach sometimes, but like I'm not here to surf and shit. Oops, sorry, we both did that. But like, yeah, I'm not here. Playing. I'm not here to surf. So there's like a cultural identity here that I don't necessarily relate to with some of the people. Mm-hmm. And like, like, it's like okay, so I went on a date with this girl. Is uh, it's like the date was like awesome to me. It was like a, ended up being like a seven hour date, and. We only went a couple of days after. And then there was one time where I was at her apartment and we were were talking and she was talking about her family and stuff. And she started talking about like her college experience. And she mentioned that her parents paid for college in cash, Mm. that when she was in college, her parents paid for everything she needed. She had a boyfriend who didn't have any money and her parents would like even fund their vacations and stuff like that. And Mm. I was just like, I can't relate to you. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's so much privilege that she came from that I just like every, the more she spoke, I was just like, I can't relate. Like, there's just, we're so, we're so far apart in terms of how we were raised. And I think that that's like the, that's like a part of the identity of a lot of the people who live here in San Diego. The San Diego is one of the most educated cities in America. So Mm. it's high income earners, really intelligent people. So a lot of those people tend to come from a place of privilege that I can't necessarily relate to. So I don't know if my future partner is in San Diego.
1: Okay. I will agree with you because like my boyfriend lives in California and his style to me, I feel like, I don't want to offend anybody on the West Coast, but y'all can't dress. And so like, (laughs) like, they they wear Crocs like as a thing and- You know, beanies when it's burning hot outside and it's just like a lot of style choices that don't make sense to me. And as someone that lives on the East Coast, like the Northeast specifically, like we have like a certain swag. So for me, I'm just like, oh, y'all corny. So I'm trying to get used to how my boyfriend dresses and then he's trying to dress me like him. Like He keeps ordering me stuff. And I'm like, please, no, I'm not wearing that. Like, I'm going to get you these nice pair of Crocs. You're going to be fly. I'm like, please, no, I, I will, I will burn to,
2: them. You got to, you got go to <laughs> just go with it. I, I, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only man who does that. I definitely, I definitely try. If I think someone's style needs to be improved and we're dating, I'm going to send you some shipments.
1: No, because his style sucks. I don't want to dress like that. I don't want to dress like I always have dressed. So like if he was a good dresser, I mean, he is a good dresser, but it's just not my style. And so I don't want to be made up and made to look like he's like, he surfs too. Like, eh, it's just not my thing. So, you know, I've, I've been getting used to that. And he also comes from privilege. And so a lot of times I, I can't relate. Um, so, Oh, sorry, babe, if you're listening to this, <laughs> he's <I'm> like, you're talking <laughs> shit about me on the podcast. Um, but yeah, he comes from a place of a little bit more privilege. Like I, my parents are basically like hard workers that, um, worked their way up and now are benefiting from mm-hmm. their yeah. hard work but I didn't grow up privileged. Like now, like my daughter 1000% is privileged because we built this life for her, but I didn't grow up that way. Like I grew up in the mountains of Puerto Rico, like slumming it. So something to me, I can't relate to, but I feel like it's kind of a happy medium. So we work, but I get what you're saying when if that's like all you're surrounded by and it it may be more shallow than what you're used to, it's not something that's necessarily going to attract you no matter how good looking the girl is. so it sounds yeah. like you're gonna have to move back home, like.
2: I don't know. I think I just need to like get up to maybe like the LA area where there's a okay. a better variety of like honestly, like poor people and rich people. I just I think I need someone <laughs> for me who was probably raised more middle class and not like upper middle class. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's probably a better fit.
1: All right, well, maybe this time next year, if we bring you back on for a valentine's Day update, <laughs> you you might you know get you a girl from l a county. who knows? <laughs> yeah, I might have to break up with her. You don't know, have to get in a
2: fight like the weekend before Valentine's Day, so I can save some money, but, yeah, you oh, know post
1: Valentine's Day, we might be lit. <laughs> it's national side chick day well, well done, mm-hmm. well done, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, you want to share your socials in case anybody has any feedback for you. I know you like to argue, so. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. If you if you disagree with anything I said, hit my DMs. I'm, I'm M-K-P-L-E-A-S on every single social media known to man. So find me. Don't hit my DMs for anything but, you know, business stuff. <laughs> no
1: link. sneaky links. <laughs> no no, sne-
2: not, not for me. Not for me.
1: All right. Well, I'm I'm not uniformed like you. I have various names. I am Angelica underscore the cool blurred on Instagram. I'm Angie, the D a cool nerd on Twitter. And for black girl nerds, we're at black girl nerds on Twitter, Instagram, at black girl geeks and at BGM podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.
0: The black girl nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.